DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Riley Jensen, college football insider. He is on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion, and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Riley, good morning. What's up, you sorry dudes? I'm sorry. <laughs> we got big football games. Teams, opponents that draw an emotional reaction. Utah playing USC, BYU playing Boise State. The Broncos are 2-3, and three, which is very unusual. The Cougars may have to play their third-string quarterback again. He's got two entire quarters of college football experience. But the Broncos struggle to run the ball and struggle to stop the run. Analyze this one, big guy. Well, I, I can tell you this. Um, having having a chance to watch Utah State and BYU play in person on Friday night, um, a couple of things that were that just really stood out as far as BYU goes. Um, Baylor Romney has one of the best deep balls that I've seen in college football in a long time. Unbelievable patience, plays quarterback the way that I love quarterbacks to play it. Meaning he he doesn't. He doesn't overcomplicate it. He takes what, what the defense gives him. I thought he was really good. I thought it was unfortunate that, that he got knocked out of the game because I thought he was playing such an amazing game. Um, and then when, when, when they brought in the rookie, when they brought in the freshman, um, there was definitely some nerves. And so if, if he has to play this week, um, I, think that's, I think those two quarters are going are, are gonna to be really, really important for him. I also think that the week of practice is going to be really good for him. And then the other thing that stood out in the BYU game is as impressive as I thought Algier has been, just watching him on TV in person, that guy's a man. And watching him take some of the hits that he took in the Utah State game, he doesn't even get up and limp at all. There's there, he He's in great shape. He's just a brick to tackle. And um, obviously he gave Utah State everything that they could handle, and I think he's going to give teams everything that they can handle going forward. It's very few times that we see a running back in college now that can be the, 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 the every down back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He, he can run it on first down, second down, and third down and take that kind of abuse and just be ready to go the next week. It's, it's really quite impressive how good he is um, in person. It's, it's more than what you see on TV. So I think Conover gets the nod. With that in mind, what type of game plan do you think A-Rod devises? Well, I think, I think he's got he's to plan a lot of like – and one of the things – I thought A-Rod called one of his best games on Friday night. I love – he has a whole bunch of different um, – a different, a different twist and a different look to these, these new screen passes where it looks like the receiver's running like an arrow route, but he's running behind the line of scrimmage, and then they have the wide receivers like blocking downfield for him. And he, he, he's got to get a few of those for Conover. He's got he's to get him some completions early before they throw the ball downfield. And I think, I mean, if there's anything that we know about A-Rod up till now is these quarterbacks will be prepared for the games that they play in, and, and 
so far so good. I mean, the, the quarterbacks have played good, with the exception of I thought Conover struggled in the third quarter, got a little bit better in the fourth quarter, but not quite the level that they need. But he'll have them, he'll have them ready for Boise State, and you're just going to get a steady dose of Tyler Algier against Boise State, the way they struggle against the run. He's going to pound the rock. He's going to set that up, give Conover some play-action passes, and and I think BYU wins this game even even with the rookie even with the rookie starting at quarterback. A third straight year of third string quarterbacks starting in this game. Does this does any of this ever sink in and slow down the transfer portal, or that's just not how nineteen year olds are wired? So never mind. Well, I mean, I have a little bit of experience with this, right? Like I transferred. I transferred from BYU, and I was in a battle with, with, with Federick and Shoemaker when I was playing at BYU, and um, Federick ended up winning the job and getting hurt. Shoemaker, by the, by, by the midseason, Shoemaker was out, and they had Drew Miller starting. And you just, it's really hard to be that uh, mature and that forward-thinking as a 19-year-old. I, I, I just don't know especially in the quarterback position where it is so competitive just to get a college scholarship and it's so competitive that you want to play when you do get to where you go. I, I just don't I, don't, I don't think it's going to slow down anything in the portal. However, if, if, you, can, if you can be smart about things and if you can think things through, um, you're going to get your shot. It's just whether, it's whether you're ready for your shot or not um, that, that matters, right? Yeah, and at the same time, and for Boise, Sears wasn't getting his shot in at, in at SC, so he got a shot in in Boise, so he played. Right. So sometimes it works. I mean, no, I know the I, theory being listen, stick around. And listen, I played at Utah State. I mean, it, it, it's not always terrible, but it's not always ideal. I mean, look, I mean, I say this all the time. I mean, very few of us are first-round draft picks, right? Most of us are sixth, seventh-round free agents. I'm not even sure that I was, you know, a first-round draft pick for my wife, but it's what you do with your chance, right? And so you just got to be ready. And and sometimes you transfer, sometimes you don't. My, my thought is when I, when I talk to quarterbacks that are getting recruited, I'm like, go to a school that if the coaches got fired – if nothing worked out for you that you'd still like to go to the school, like you'd still like going to school there. And if that's, if that's the case, then, then you're going to be able to be resilient and be able to make it through a lot of different scenarios um, wherever you go. Right. Yeah. I don't know that a third did. It is the third year in a row that uh, three third team guys started. Didn't Sears start last year and then got hurt. And then Finnegan came in. So not started played. Right. So, I mean, look, this is true at every single school. Like, I, I mean, I was thinking about tweeting something out the other day just about all these second-string quarterbacks around uh, around the state of Utah that have played well. I mean, you got Romney, you got Peasley at Utah State. Um, obviously, at the University of Utah, he was the second-string guy to start out with, with Cam Rising, right? And all of these guys are ready, and I think it's impressive the mindset that some of these second-string quarterbacks have had recently to come in and play well when their number's called. I mean, there was, there was a point where Peasley at Utah State comes in and goes eight, eight of nine for like 98 yards against Air Force and, and has a big run and, and helps Utah State beat Air Force. So, 
the 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 mentality of a quarterback right now has got to be a little bit different than what it was. But I I just think it's hard to to tell an eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old that when when all of their hopes and dreams are based on whether they play or not. And typically, a second string quarterback doesn't play in a game unless there is an injury. So USC is three and two, two and two in conference. They are all over the map. Um, do you think it's really SC all over the map, or maybe Oregon State's way better than we expected, and Stanford's a little better than we expected, certainly after we saw them week one? And so we're just seeing USC as a mediocre team, and they've beaten bad teams and lost to good teams. Yeah, I kind of, I, I that's that's what I feel like. I, I don't know how you keep everything together with USC right now. I mean, when you fire a coach that early in the season, it's really, really hard for an interim coach to keep everybody happy and to keep everybody playing hard and 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 do what they need to do to win. Now, you know, they ran the ball a little bit better last week. They did they they did some things that maybe they haven't done in other games. Um, you know, Jackson Dart is is still hurt. He's still you know nursing that knee. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen when he comes back. Um, you know, obviously Slovis played a little bit better He's last week. He's practicing now. Dart is. He, uh, he did return to practice. Yeah, yeah. Then, it's like it's it's like ginger. It's it, it's very very light snaps. I, I right. would guess that it's two it's two weeks three weeks before yeah. he could be considered for play. Right. So you're you're looking at you're looking at a few different weeks, and I, and I don't even know that that's the way that they want to move. And I don't even know, I mean, personally, if I'm Jackson Dart, do I want to waste this year on a, on a year where there's no head coach? Do I want to, do I, how many games do I really want to play in? Maybe, maybe you nurse that thing until there's only three games left in the season, and then that way if you play three games, you know, you, you're still under that four threshold and it still counts as a redshirt year. I don't, I don't know how you do that and how you think about that as a player right now. Um, Three and out, he's going to the NFL. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm with PK. Jeez. <laughs> three games and you think he's going to the NFL? Three years. Huh? Do the NFL oh, requires no, no. three years out of high school, right? So it doesn't matter if he burns right. a year of eligibility or not. Exactly. He's going He's Fair going enough. big time. Fair enough. I'm not, I'm not sure that – I think he's just more worried about like, hey – I got to get on the field and I got to play well for USC. I think he'll cross that bridge when it comes. But look, USC is going to be all over the place. I think they're dangerous when the University of Utah plays them just because they are very athletic. That wide receiver is unbelievable. And I think they can make plays. Uh, it just kind of depends on, on, on which USC team shows up this week and, and whether they're happy or whether they're in a bad mood, whether they're content, whether they're not content. And it's just it seems like there's a lot of wins down there that just kind of decide whether USC is going to play well or not. And I'm looking forward to actually seeing a USC team that's brought some stability and see if that team can't be good again. Because right now it's just I feel like they're a disappointment every year. I like the psychological a psychological aspect that coaches play. So if you have a crappy non-conference season, well, we're zero and zero. Now Utah has been saying they're one and zero, and uh, you know there's only two teams in the South that don't have a loss, and there's only I think one team in the North yep. that doesn't right. have a loss in conference play. I'm speaking of. So they play these games, and do you think SC might be thinking, hey, we have two? 
But this division is all over, man. You try to figure it out, and it's just impossible. The Bruins look like they could have taken uh, maybe a light stronghold, which is sort of an oxymoron, but then they get beat and basically get run off the field against the Devils on Saturday. So the point being that you can look at it in terms of, hey, six and three might get it done. And so uh, especially or maybe in seven and two in that SC can saddle the two teams that have zero losses right now with losses so they could have tiebreakers. You think that's going through their mind and playing that psychological game? Yeah, I mean, look, coaches are going to hold on to whatever psychological game they can play, right? I mean, you have to you have to play the cards that you're dealt, right? And so when they're when they're there, that's 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 what you're thinking, that's what you're telling guys. You're going to come up with a good game plan, and then you're going to try and go out there and, and play good football. Now, the youths have not typically played well down in the Coliseum. I think that I think that helps USC. I don't know. This just seems like a huge opportunity for the U. But I but I also just I don't feel like all the problems are resolved with the U. I I, I it's it's really going to be interesting to see what happens, what their reaction is, coming off a of bye week, coming off of death of a teammate. Um, I don't know whether they're going to come out really fast or if they're going to come out flat. I mean, there's really just a lot of variables that are going on right now. You try and control the things that you can control as a coach, but as a former coach, I can tell you that you 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 prepare and you go through scenarios with teams all the time, and then you get to the game, and the exact scenario that you prepared them for happens, and they blow it. I mean, it's it's just sometimes it's like mind blowing. You're like, that's exactly what we showed you. That's exactly what we said was going to happen, and then you you still let it happen. And so you you try and get these guys to focus as much as possible. There's been a lot of distractions for both of these teams. So I, like you said, I mean, if there's any if there's anything stable about the Pac-12 right now, it's instability, right? I guess what USC has going for them along those lines is that they've got a bye week and then Notre Dame, so they could be back in the conference race big time, just not playing a conference game for two weeks. I mean, they've already played four. They used to played one, so they'll let everyone else come back to them, I guess. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, it's, it's a long season. I, when you, and I, and I, it, it was fun for me to be at the BYU-Utah State game on Friday because I, I just forget how long those games are, right? I mean, that, that, was the biggest, that was the biggest adjustment for me coming out of high school to, to college football is, like, college football is a considerably longer game, and there's a lot of different momentum shifts, and you got to be able to weather the different momentum shifts that happen. And it's also a long football season compared to, like, when you're in high school. And so, you know, you if you have more veteran guys, they're, they're you know, when you've got a Covey on your team, when you've got a guy like Nick Ford who's been on the team for a while, they can help, they can help younger guys and they can help people to understand, like, hey, yeah, we're up 14-3 to right now in the second quarter, but this is a long game. Like, we we got to keep doing what we're supposed to do to, to win this game and we got to keep doing things and and you got to they're also the guys that can keep telling guys like hey look we're 1 and 0 in conference this is a long season we have nine games in conference left this is what we need to do and so you hope those guys step forward and like they really kind of groom the, the younger guys to help them to know 
how difficult and how long a college football season is and how long a college game is. I mean, the, the different momentum switches that happen in a game are, are really fascinating to me. You pumped up Algier earlier. Uh, you think he's a surefire pro, and if so, what type of pro? Boy, he's, start, he's starting to feel like it. I mean, when you when you look at pro when you look at pro running backs that, that are getting a, a good amount of carries, they look a lot like him, right? Like they they're they're the guys that can. I mean, I don't think any of us look at Algier and go, oh, wow, he's a guy that like you can throw a sweep to and he's going to beat people outside and down the sideline, although he does that from time to time. But he's the guy that can run in between the tackles, and you're, and you're talking about seven yards, six yards, nine yards, four yards. I mean, even some of his two-yard runs were just really impressive because there was nothing there, and he still gets you some yards. I mean, I it, it seems like it more and more, and I – to be honest with you, I was thinking last year, like, oh, it was a nice season he had. He had 1,200 yards. Like, the schedule wasn't as tough as maybe, you know, maybe some BYU running backs had gone against in the past. But this year, he's answered every single question that I have. And I think he has some top-end speed that maybe maybe we hadn't anticipated because, I mean, you just look at him in the Arizona State game when he runs down that linebacker and he knocks the ball out. When he's, when he's breaking some of these long runs, even last year, he has some legitimate speed, and he has that power to run it inside. So I, I feel like he almost fits the pro game better than the college game right now. You see the college game with a lot of these spread option teams, like running a lot of sweeps and a lot of speed sweeps and all that kind of stuff. But BYU just lines up and says, hey, we're coming downhill at you, and we're going to lean on you. And it looks more like a pro offense. And so I think I think he translates to the next level. Yeah, maybe a bigger, yeah. uh, bigger Zach Moss. Yeah, I mean – you know, and I don't know how big Zach Moss is. I mean, he, he's taller. I mean, Zach Moss is pretty compact, too. But, I, right. I mean, I see him playing that way, right? Like, I, I mean, and he's not afraid of contact. And he certainly has shown that he's durable over the last two years. Uh, you know, knock on wood and he's saying that out loud. But I mean, he's really good. He's really good. I mean, there was there was a lot of fun plays in that Utah State game. And, uh, you know, Devin Tompkins, the wide receiver at Utah State, He's not just a small, fast guy. He's a guy that can he can take the top off. There were three or four passes where he was over the top of BYU's defense, and then he can catch the ball over the middle. I mean, there were, there were there were some really really good players in that game, and I it's a it's a testament to the coaches around the state of Utah, man. There there's some fun football going on in this state, and Tyler Algier is right at the top of all the players in this state right now. And what a cool story, right? A walk on. He was linebacker, then he was running back, then he was linebacker, now he's running back. And man, I, I mean, it's hard not to, to wish good things on him. And everything that his teammates say is that he's a super hard worker, super humble, good guy. And that's all we can go on right now. It seems like this is a great story. Riley, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for joining us. You're the man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Riley Jensen, our college football insider. Coming up next, Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com, with the Utes headed to the Coliseum for a game Saturday at 6 o'clock. Right now, we're joined by Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, for guys who are looking for an answer for ED, uh, the pill is a common answer. So why are guys stopping that and coming to you? Well, I would say if you're out there loving the pill, no side effects, it works perfectly, I'd keep doing it. 
But if you're experiencing some erectile dysfunction, if you don't want to take the pill or you're experiencing side effects, this technology at Wasatch Medical, I think it's a major medical advancement. It's backed by 50 studies, including the Cleveland Clinic now, showing clinical and significant increases in blood flow. That's their words. This repairs blood vessels with pressure waves, gets the blood flowing in the bedroom where you want it, when you want it, and has been shown to reverse the ED and get the spontaneity restored. So what are the top causes of ED? Well, we see a lot of things. I would say diabetes, prostate issues, maybe some injuries. But also, this is more common than we think. Uh, Healthy guys, we treat men in their 20s, 30s, and 40s that maybe want to top off their drink, so to speak, in the bedroom. And we treat men in their 80s and 90s with severe erectile dysfunction. And we've seen success in all of those categories. And you got a special offer for our listeners. We do. So much value this morning. If you're ready to regain your love life, give us a call. You'll meet with our MD free. He'll do an assessment and a blood flow ultrasound. That's no charge. The gift, uh, I don't think I've ever seen it fail. It produces immediate results in the bedroom. No charge for that. And if you're like so many that feel like you're a little lethargic, the complete blood work and testosterone is free today as well. You can call right now. Get that special offer at 801-901-8000. Tell them you heard Andrew on the zone. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical at 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you.